Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Rest your Good morning, Edwin. Morning, Andrew. How are you doing today, buddy? I'm doing really well. It's a Monday. We're starting the week off, and we're in the Psalms. We're looking at Psalm 34. Psalm 34. I'm going to read from the English Standard Version. I want to jump in here. Of David, the heading says, when he changed his behavior before Abimelech so that he drove him out and he went away. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant and their faces shall never be ashamed. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. O oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. O oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him have no lack. The young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Come, O oh children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is there who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Turn away from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous and his ears toward their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil to cut off the memory of them from the earth. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. He keeps all his bones. Not one of them is broken. Affliction will slay the wicked, and those who hate the righteous will be condemned. The Lord redeems the life of his servants. None of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. So one of the first things I notice here in Psalm 34 is that the ancient heading uh, is much longer, much more detailed than many. Um, we're perhaps not surprised to see a Psalm of David or of David, and yet we have more information here. Uh, you were reading it. It's uh, worded just a hair different in the New King James, but it's giving us a particular context, a particular episode when David was on the run from Saul uh, that uh, apparently inspired or motivated uh, this Psalm to some degree. But I'll tell you, the situation that's being described doesn't seem to me to be one that uh, would be a moment when, you know, when he's really at peace and writing a psalm, particularly writing a psalm all about victory and all about deliverance. Um, so let's give a little time and, and dig into just kind of the setup for this psalm today. Oh, that's a great idea. I'd love to do that. There are a couple of things about the heading. First of all, let me just point out something kind of really cool. Remember, we highlighted that Psalm 32 Blessed is the one who's forgiven, takes us back to Psalm 31, about blessed is the one right. who meditates on the law. Psalm 33 reminded us of Psalm 2, two. because we've got uh, the the Lord frustrating in Psalm 2 the counsels of the kings, and in Psalm 33 frustrating the counsel of the nations and the plans and purposes of the nations. There's not as many connections between Psalm 34 and Psalm 3, but one of the really cool things is you've got that 1 and 2, and then Psalm 3 is the first psalm that actually places a psalm in 
the life of David, an event in the life of David. Oh, and so now here we've got Psalm 32 and 33 that parallel. And then the next Psalm is one that's placed in the life of David. So uh, an event there. So that's the first thing that I think is really cool to recognize. So we're we're kind of continuing that parallel a little bit. I I don't expect that parallel to continue for the next 30 Psalms, but I just think that's cool. The second thing is there are a couple of problems with this heading, and maybe this is what you were getting to as well. But the first problem I see is I read through the story of David, and when he went in 1 Samuel 21 and changed his behavior before someone, the guy's name wasn't Abimelech. The guy's name was Achish. That's just a couple of verses. Do you think it's okay to read that? Yeah, read it. Read it. That's a good idea. 1 Samuel 21, verse number 10. Then David arose and fled that day from before Saul and went to Achish, the king of Gath. And the servants of Achish said to him, Is this not David, the king of the land? Did they not sing of him to one another in dances, saying, Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands? Now David took these words to heart and was very much afraid of Achish, the king of Gath. So he changed his behavior before them, pretended madness in their hands, scratched on the doors of the gate and let his saliva fall down on his beard. Then Achish said to his servants, look, you see the man is insane. Why have you brought him to me? Have I need of madmen that you have brought this fellow to play the madman in my presence? Shall this fellow come into my house? Chapter 22, verse 1, David therefore departed from there and escaped to the cave of Adullam. You pointed out when you go back and read this, well, where's Abimelech? I'm not finding Abimelech here. This is this is a fellow named Achish. The answer is relatively easy, though not everyone accepts it and some push back. But when we go back to Genesis chapter 20 and Genesis chapter 26, we find Abimelech. And what we notice, and we notice this especially in Genesis 26, when Isaac goes into Gerar, He goes in Genesis 26, 1, to the king of the Philistines, Abimelech. Mm -hmm, That's right. Now, now Abimelech just means my father is king. So what we probably have here is that Abimelech is the title. Is the okay. is the role is the position like like all the rulers of Egypt are called Pharaoh Pharaoh but yeah. they all have their own names and yeah. the rulers in Rome are called uh, Caesar the Caesars okay. yeah right and in Russia and so the Abimelech and okay. so Abimelech is the title okay and then Achish would have been likely the individual name likely so name. I think that's okay. probably what we're dealing with here it it's 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 almost silly to think of anyone as critics want to come against this and say, ah, oh, see, these guys made this boneheaded error. They didn't even know who they were talking about. I mean, it's one of those things that if it was an error, it's it's the level of silliness that you just think, yeah, nobody, nobody makes this kind of error. And even, even the most foolish, they don't. And so I, right. it just makes a whole lot of sense that what we have is not an error at all, neither by mm-hmm. David, if he's the one that wrote it, or by a later editor, if they added it. They, they all had mm-hmm. the text. They knew what it said. And so this is a purposeful choice to use Abimelech. Mm-hmm. And as we okay. read through the Bible, the explanation seems to be because Abimelech is the title. But it still leads us to the second struggle. And that is, like you said a moment ago, this doesn't seem like an event that this psalm would be written about. <laughs> no, it doesn't. I mean, this psalm's all about how God has delivered. But when we're reading the story, uh, God is not even mentioned in this paragraph, and David's acting like a crazy guy. And the thing that we have to ask is, this is a psalm that says, don't practice deceit. Well, how did David get out of this mess? 
by practicing deceit. This is a psalm that's all about taking refuge in God. But what had David done? David had taken refuge among the Philistines. So something at first yeah. doesn't seem to line up. I have to ask, okay, wait a minute. What, what is happening in this psalm? And I think actually noticing this shift from Achish to Abimelech helps us understand what is actually going on with this psalm, the purpose behind the psalm. Okay. Let me just throw this out and and you can let me know if you if you think I'm onto something. I think that this was an absolute purposeful choice. Why would anyone purposefully raise this potential objection that is so easy to avoid? The, the, these writers know what First Samuel says. They know it was Achish. So why would they not just go ahead and say Achish? Why would they bring up the title Abimelech? Just so I'm understanding, you're saying that the objection being wrongly identifying a king. Why would you use Abimelech instead of Achish? Yeah. If you know that the okay. way the story is commonly told as Achish. Why, when you're trying to place this psalm in the history of David's life, would you yeah. would you even bring up this thing that might cause an accusation of error? Just go ahead and say Achish. I'm with you. I'm with you. Okay. That suggests to me it's a purposeful choice. Okay. There's a I'm reason why they did that. There's a reason why they risked being accused of error or risked causing confusion because purposefully they are trying to remind us of this other time that God's chosen person, God's mm-hmm. anointed, God's mm-hmm. blessed, decided God's ended up going into Philistia to yeah. the king of the Philistines to find refuge and what happened there. Mm-hmm. And what I notice when I go back to Abraham doing that in Genesis 20, mm-hmm. Isaac doing that in Genesis 26, mm-hmm. and now David doing that in 1 Samuel 21, there are mm-hmm. a couple of things that go together. One All three of them feared for their lives. Yes, that's right. And because they all three feared for their lives, they all three lied. They practiced a deception. Abraham and Isaac both lied about who their wives were. Oh, oh, she's my she's my sister. Sister. Yeah, they both told the same one. And for Abraham, it was a half lie. For Isaac, it was just a straight up lie. Yeah. And now we've got David deceiving and feigning madness. What that highlights is that with Abraham and Isaac, this was not a moment of strength. This was not a moment of faith and trust and taking refuge in God. This was a moment of doubt. I think that's what we're supposed to see with David. When he goes to the Philistines, it's not a moment of strength and trust. He's not doing what he's supposed to do. And then when he tries to get out of it through his deception, it is not any more right for him to do that than it was for Abraham and Isaac. When I see this heading on this psalm, we have this picture of here's a moment in David's life when he stumbled on the way. Mm-hmm. David David has messed up. He's messed up big. He's, he's instead of taking refuge in God, he's gone to the Philistines. And now instead of trusting God to keep him safe, he started lying and deceiving, coming up with his own plan to get out of it. Now, here's the amazing thing. This entire psalm is about being delivered mm-hmm. by God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This entire psalm is about taking refuge in God. What is going on? And this is what I think is so comforting and so amazing. With Abraham, Isaac, and David, all three of them messed up royally as they went to the Philistine kings, took refuge, and lied to them, but God was with them because of his covenant anyway. He delivered and was faithful anyway. And what we find in David is that while this is a moment when he messes up royally, David is a person who in general is faithful to the covenant. He is walking on the Lord's way. He is doing the Lord's will. But like everyone who's walking on the Lord's way, sometimes he stumbles on the Lord's way. And what I learned from this, what I find exceedingly comforting, is there is a big difference between stumbling on the Lord's way and getting off the Lord's way. 
Saul got off yeah. the Lord's way, and and yeah. he had the steadfast love of the Lord removed. David, he stumbles, he falls, but he is staying on the Lord's way. And when and when that's where I am, when I am on the Lord's way, but I've stumbled there, God still delivers. I think you're on to that there, because uh, when I'm looking at these parallels, and I see it too, these Abimelechs keep coming up. And one of the things I observe is when I look at an Abimelech, I see that the godless can be gullible too. Uh, they, they keep getting one over on Abimelech. However, in Genesis 20, we see how God is active in the deliverance. There's the dreams issue. God's at work. And it's specifically stated in Genesis 26, God is at work. And it's specifically stated. It talks about how God continued to bless Isaac uh, as Isaac moves away. And there's the deal about the, the wells. But even Abimelech notices God is with Isaac. Isaac is God's man. In Genesis 20, Abraham is identified as a prophet of God. And so Abraham uh, is going to pray on behalf of Abimelech and all that household. So then when you get to Samuel and David, that's where we don't see God mentioned expressly. Ah, until we come to Psalm 34. And David is the one who appreciates that God is with me. Uh, yeah, the, you know, the, the error and the, and the deception and seeking refuge in another place. Abraham did it. Isaac did it. David did it. Uh, but, but they are still with, I mean, they're still God's person. Uh, and even the, the, the name like prophet being used for David as well as Abraham. So I, yeah, I, I think we're seeing a pattern here and a great lesson for his people even today, uh, to not seek refuge in places other than God when we do to come back to God. And, and he will protect us and deliver us. And if I can quickly, I know we're essentially out of time, but if I can quickly make this one statement before we wrap up with prayer. Sure. Here's the great thing that I see in Psalm 34. David did not take from this event, oh, God delivered me even when I messed up royally. That means I'm just allowed to mess up as much as I want. Yeah, good point, good point. David learned from this, I need to take refuge in the Lord. Even when the Lord delivered him when he messed up, his conclusion was not, good, I can go take refuge from the Philistines anytime. Good, I can lie anytime. His message was, what a great, awesome, glorious God we have. I need to double down and, and increase my efforts and my refuge in him and my trusting him. And that's that's the lesson that we need to learn here as well. Well, I'm looking forward to Psalm 34 all week. We're so glad that you tune into the podcast. Send us an email. Let us know what you're learning from the Word of God. Text talk at christiansmeethere.org. Let's pray. Our great God and Father, we thank you for the day. We know, Father, that uh, as this day goes on, we're going to be beset by challenges, trials, temptations. Father, in those times, help us to remember that we must seek our refuge in you. Uh, we find ourselves off the way. God, help us to repent and be in your way, uh, seeking your leadership always and your blessing as you bless David. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. 
Have a fantastic day. Steady, steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne. (coughs) All right. Okay. Okay. All right. I'm not allowed to cough on the day I'm getting my COVID test. No, you're not. (laughs) Okay, man, you're going to kick us off?